When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. So, good afternoon. This is Steve Eschbach. I'm the president and uh, owner of Transworld Business Advisors of Naperville, and I'm delighted to have George Burrell, who's the uh, CEO of Tax Hub. And we're going to talk a little bit of business. So, number one, George, I want to thank you very much for your time, and uh, I look forward to speaking with you. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So, George, why don't you kind of give us a, a brief summary of uh, who it is you are and what it is you do, and then we'll take it from there. My name is George Burrell. I'm a CPA, and I'm the founder of Tax Hub. Tax Hub is a the easiest way to describe it in a nutshell is just a online version of H&R Block. We're a, a virtual CPA platform where we make it very easy for our bread and butter clientele is normally small businesses that have like a side hustle, solopreneur, uh, 1099 contractor, and then um, also landlords who have like between one and five properties. So we have a, we've created a platform where you create the account and then you're led to a portal where you can upload documents and you can schedule call with, with a, an, an assigned CPA. And then you just continue that relationship with the CPA, sure. hopefully indefinitely. Sounds good. Sounds good. So we're going to now going to rewind the videotape quite a bit. We're going to go back and uh, talk a little bit about your childhood and upbringing. So let's find out where you, where did you grow up? How did you get your life started? I was born in Utah, Salt Lake, Utah. Just kind of led somewhat of a normal life. I, I had a, a stint. My mom's side of the family is from the Midwest in Indiana. So I had a stint living out there and I went to high school there. I went to a military school called Culver Military Academy. Um, I don't know if it's, where are you from? I was born and raised in New York, but I uh, have lived in Colorado. I've lived in Connecticut and I've lived here in Illinois for 12 years. So I've been around the block. Okay. So, so we're about a hundred miles outside of Chicago, Culver is yeah. at least. So I went to high school there, then went to Loyola University in Chicago. So I've actually been in Naperville a few times, but yeah, I majored in economics from there, I went to graduate school in back in U. I moved back to Utah. Mm -hmm. I got my master's in taxation, 
at Weber State University and um, started just working for a, a small CPA firm and sat for the CPA exam, uh, studied for that for about six months, passed it my first try, and uh, just continued my career in public accounting. Good for you. So uh, what did your parents do and uh, how much influence did they have on you and where you are today? My father, he was a civil servant for Hill Air Force Base most of my childhood and growing up. So he, he worked there. He was a machinist and he kind of, he didn't go to college. So he kind of pushed me, told me that that was the route that that I should go and kind of used his career path as an example of what happens if you don't go to college. So kind of use that as, as a little bit of motivation to, to push me into the, the college path. So I kind of, that's how I ended up that way. So how did you become uh, interested in accounting and finance and tax? How did that all happen? Um, I, that's just kind of, was a natural interest for me as a kid, just growing up, studying businesses. Yeah. Um, even in like junior high and high school, I, I would study the stock market. I loved looking at financial statements. It's just kind of one of those things that you're just naturally drawn to. So uh, I chose economics because I didn't really know what exactly what I wanted to do. Right. Um, but I knew economics was the, the nature of money. And then the polar opposite of that is accounting, which is the language of money. So if you understand those two, I think you're, you kind of have a pretty solid fundamental basis of, of doing whatever you want to do. Sure. So, yeah. So how did you move on from uh, working for a firm to becoming an entrepreneur? What, what kind of prompted you to take that step? I did, did the typical uh, public accounting. I, path. I stayed in public accounting for about 10 years and then went into work for private industry. Uh, I worked for a couple engineering firms um, and just as a controller, um, learned a lot, learned a lot about business. Uh, working in public accounting, you it's kind of like the, the business uh, or the you see businesses from a bird's eye view. You get an intimate look of everything a business does and the the results of that. You get a definitely unique look. So I just learned a lot about business and public accounting and then going into controllership. That kind of solidified it. And then as I was doing that, I always had in the back of my head, I was seeing all these businesses kind of convert like, like the financial service industries convert to this hybrid model where people can work with online and cut out the brick and mortar aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And it hadn't really happened in the tax world. So always in the back of my head, I was kind of collecting data and trying to make connections to launch a platform. So in around 2015, I kind of started the website while I was still working. So just to kind of test market it and see how it would do. It's always a lot harder than you think it will be, but um, I kept pushing at it and pushing at it. I kept working because it wasn't generating enough revenue the first three years. And then um, 
last year, it was finally time to work and support me. And so I quit my job and now I'm doing this full time. Yeah. So what do you like best about what you're doing now in the entrepreneurial world? I like the independence of being in charge of my own destiny, really. I mean, I can work as little or as hard as I want and either perish or reap the rewards from that. So I think that's that's definitely exciting. There's always a trade-off. You trade-off stability. Right. Uh, but it's, I mean, I think everybody, ultimately, everybody wants to be in charge of their own destiny. So I've I've gotten myself in a situation to where I can be that way. That sounds good. Um, do you have an industry preference with respect to your clients? Is there particular industries that you cater to or are you kind of uh, open to any and all? Uh, we're just through the past three years, we've kind of gravitated towards uh, real estate. Um, we get a lot of real estate clients, I think, just because real estate's a business where it can you can be a small real estate investor. Um, so it, it's which is our kind of bread and butter so uh real estate's probably one of our biggest niches and then just small self-employed people like um consultants it consultants lawyers dentists doctors people like that that just that there are that are at the above the level of having to or above the level of being able to do the taxes on their own but not to the point where they need a full service cpa firm right so yeah. So how did you get started with your initial marketing? And I've got to believe you've been in business three, four years now that some of that's coming by referral. But how did you go about with your initial marketing to get your client base to where it is today? Uh, we tried everything um, at the beginning. Um, we tried like digital pay-per-click advertising. We tried referral. We tried uh, just press releases uh social media we've we've tried everything and ultimately it comes down to i think pay-per-click we didn't get any return on our investment social media uh it's really just been putting out content for free um offering free five-minute consultations um we're right now we're we show up number on the first page of google search results when you type in talk to a CPA. So we just get a lot of referrals that way. Um, but most of our paid advertising hasn't, hasn't really come to fruition or shown any sort of return on investment for us. It's all just been either referral or just putting out free content. So let me take a step back a little bit with respect to you appearing on the first page of most Google searches. Are you doing that on your own? Or are you partnering with a digital marketing company? Do you have uh, colleagues on your team that help you do that? How does that all work? I have a team of people who are our digital and marketing person is someone who has another job, but he's also involved with this heavily and he's helped out a lot. And we've tried to work with marketing firms, advertising agencies, and things like that. And they they just tend to give us a cookie cutter approach that doesn't work for this industry. We're kind of a new industry, a unique industry. So every time we've worked with any digital agencies, it's, it just has never paid off. So we just do it our own. Well, that's interesting because I know a lot of people are very focused on that. And I, I commend you for the success you've had doing what you do. 
So let me uh, let me ask you this question: What would be your highest professional moment to date? Highest, like a just one point where I knew that this was going to work. What was your biggest uh, one that you've had to date? Maybe biggest realization, biggest success, biggest client, biggest whatever. What do you? I don't. I don't think there was really a point. I mean, it's been a as probably most entrepreneurs can attest to, it's been a, a huge roller coaster. Sometimes I've told myself I just need to quit, give up on this. And other points I'm like, wow, this is really going to blow up. I think last year when I, I finally put together all my metrics and realized that we do have like a set, over 70% customer retention rate, our year over year growth for the last three years is is over 150 percent so just realizing that all right this is going to work i just got to put in the the time and so i said all right i'm going to quit my job and it's generating enough cash to where it can support me i'm not going to be making a ton of money but um it's going to work the the market likes it i just need to find a way to to really scale it that's kind of where i'm at right now so when just quitting my job and realizing that yeah this this is I'm on to something here. There you go. Which was this last summer. So what was the best advice you've ever received from one of your uh, out external networking contacts or even internal doesn't matter. Uh, we've got some advisors and they they've helped out a lot. Uh they're with a small angel fund that, that's helping us out financially. Um I think the best advice is I initially approached them saying, this is what I have. If you're not interested in giving us money, just let me know what you think. Is this a pipe dream or should I keep going? And I think the best advice is when one of them said, well, with any business, if you're A, your revenues are still growing, and B, your customers are coming back, then you're on to something. So. And that's that's kind of where we were at. So I just knew that we were onto something. So that's probably the best advice I've gotten. So I I have a question here. What is your biggest challenge today? Now that today could have been three weeks ago, where things were a little different than they are today. What would be your biggest challenge today? I would imagine that given you know the coronavirus epidemic that's going on, that uh, that creates a big challenge. But up until that point, what was the challenge and how maybe that has changed in the past three weeks, let's say. Well, up until that point, we were doing pretty good. We had honed in on a, on a marketing strategy. Revenues up until like the first week in March were up like over 70% year over year. And we were just in growth mode. Um let me pause you right there, so, George. Was that uh, growth mode in terms of new services with existing clients or new clients or both? New clients. Okay. To a certain extent, both, but mostly new clients. I mean, we're right now we're small enough to where we need to it definitely increase our footprint. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we were just in growth mode uh, working on uh, organic SEO marketing and things like that. and. That was our just challenge. Uh, the operationally, we've developed a system that's very, extremely efficient that our customers love. We have nothing but five-star reviews. Um, so we were just in growth mode. But then after they announced, three weeks ago, when they announced the extension of the deadline, 
customer acquisition just completely pretty much went to zero because right now getting your taxes filed is, is the last thing on most people's minds. So now we're trying to deal with that and extend our revenue stream for another three months because that's just the reality at this point. Are you offering any other services as a result of the current market environment or how has that changed? Um, for the payroll protection and the economic EIDL, yeah. loans we we've sent out a lot of uh content and free information about that to our customer base we haven't really said that we're going to charge you for helping you do this because i think it's just a it's a point where we can rather rather than turn it into a revenue stream i think it's better to create goodwill with our existing customer base that's our approach to that but yeah that's that's about it yeah so is there anything else that uh, we've kind of talked about up to now that I might have overlooked? Is there any other items you want, uh, you know, business owners out there to know about or anything you think our audience would be interested in knowing in terms of uh, best practices? You know, you're on the tax accounting side, but you run into a lot of businesses. Is there any advice you can give business owners in general? Or let's say you were working with a prospective buyer looking to buy a business. What, what would you kind of have them focus in on? as your current owner of a business or maybe as a new buyer looking to buy a business, what would you say? As a buyer, I think as a CPA who came up through auditing, I have, I have a lot of experience with that. I would recommend a, if you can't do the due diligence yourself and don't have that background, I would highly recommend getting somebody who does when you're buying a business. It's, there's a lot of subjectivity involved. And if you don't have solid numbers, you can really, really get taken advantage of. So I think doing due diligence from an accounting and financial perspective is probably the most important thing when you're buying a business. Sure. Definitely. And how about on the flip side, if you're a business owner, let's say that you've got a client that might be prepping for sale. What do you, what do you counsel your business owners to do to make them be in tip top shape for that uh, prospective buyer coming in and looking at, I think again, from with my background, um, coming up with a with a valuation is key. So you get what your business is worth, and you don't get taken advantage of. And that all comes down to to the numbers and making sure you have rock solid numbers yeah. and reliable numbers. Um, and just if you don't have the ability, getting getting somebody with that background to help you with that, I think is of utmost importance because. Ultimately, in business, it, it all comes down to numbers. So you need that foundation. Yeah. And you, you basically need to understand them to the extent that you can uh, interpret them accordingly. So that sounds good. So that's about all I have for you here on my, uh, my question and answer list here for you, George. Um, where can our audience go to get more information about you? You can just go to our website, gettaxhub.com. Um, you can go to my LinkedIn profile, or if you want, you can schedule a free five-minute CPA consultation. And um, that's how we get a lot of our customers. They just have questions, and then they realize that they're in over their heads, and they need professional help. And uh, the majority of the time, whatever fees we charge, we end up saving them a lot more in just bad tax decisions. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you're the subject matter expert to go to. And uh, 
I'm a firm believer, it's not what you know, but who you know. And you can't be a subject matter expert in everything. You need to bring those people in that uh, might know a little bit more about some expertise that uh, you just don't have. So that's good to know. Well, that's it, George. I thank you very much for your time. And uh, I'm going to end the recording here, but stick on. I can stay online for a little bit more. i got a couple other items to cover with you. So thanks again for your time, George. Take care. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks a lot. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.